Boom. <laughs> Boom it is. Hello and good morning. I am Courtney King, a.k.a. The Heart Mentor, a.k.a. The Emancipator, and I am coming to you live from New York City. You are listening to the Reboot Your Biblical Perspective radio talk show where we identify misguided modern day perspectives of the Bible, giving context to the spiritual dynamics of who and what you are via the lens of Rabbi Yeshua and his apostles in the name. On this radio show, we identify subjects and themes that have been misunderstood from the Bible in the name, verified by pragmatic and experimental research carried out under the Zane Kai Keturah International Institute of Pneumatology. And hello and good morning. This is Tanya Whitkey from Virtual Kisses and speaking to you live from Canada. And we'd like to give a huge shout out to everyone joining us on Kingdom Purpose Radio, YouTube, and Facebook. We would like to, and if you guys would like to ask us any questions, feel free to comment on YouTube at Anointed Life or join our Facebook group, Anointed Life Mindset Mentors. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> How are you? A little you all? late start today, guys, but um, we're here. It's all good. Raise him, raise him, and praise him. Raise, raise him and praise him. Raise him and praise him. <laughs> you should be out with your American accent. That's all right. Today, I'm going to actually go into more of a British. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. I shall, <laughs> I shall join you on the British side. <laughs> that is... we'll, we'll all speak like we're from London, should we? <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, you all, <laughs> we're giddy. So we are going into part three. Come on. Somebody give him some glory. Turn to part three, glory, glory. Part three. So yeah, part we're three. going to do part three of the seven aspects of the name. So of raise course, over the next. Raise them and praise them. Give them glory. So of course, the producer of the show and the founder of the International Institute of Pneumatology, Master Mentor Zane Pierre, is with Tanya and I as we continue to dive into the aspects of the name over the next several months. And that is because all of the things that we talk about at the Institute is based upon the name, right? Mm -hmm. Indeed, indeed. Yeah, so we want to help people get a very clear, detailed understanding and in-depth understanding of why the name is so important and why it's a necessity to uh, function from the name. So today, which which aspect of the name are we going to talk about? We are speaking about function. Function. Hmm. Function junction. Function. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, how do we function in the name? How do we function in the name? So, well, a pleasant morning, a pleasant morning to everybody. Join us on radio and on Facebook. Mm -hmm. Very good morning, and this is Zain El Fuego <laughs> with Reboot Your Biblical Perspective <laughs> <laughs> with Courtney King and Tanya Woodkey as we here. speak about the name. The name. <laughs> Coming to you live. Above all names. <laughs> <laughs> name above all names. So last week we actually spoke about um, the name in the context of an appellation or a title. 
and we drew reference to how that is very similar to, to like appellations such as um doctor and attorney and fireman mm -hmm. and policeman so right. there these names these these appellations uh, attribute the name function as an appellation for the whole of the name and in the bible the holders of the name are usually priests prophets nazarites um we see how king david is also seen in the bible to have also been a holder of the name mm -hmm. uh, um yeshua definitely that, that's what he referred to as his father's name and the the apostles who actually function in the name of jesus which is the name of the father and we know that name to be yahweh elohim All right now that name in particular this is this is also another component as i mentioned the only component that we are familiar with in our westernized christian culture is the label All right the label basically in our westernized christian culture just to draw a comparison here so we can we can find some bearings find our bearings the, the, in our culture, we see names as labels and therefore labels that are attributed to individuals um, and individual physicalities, right? Where that is basically used to differentiate one person from another or one thing from another. And because of that, we have a lot of um, doctrinal friction in the Westernized Christian community where somebody says, I am, I am God. Because we think in our mind, well, in this and this is and this is of no condemnation to any Christian who actually on who says something like that or believes something like that, because naturally they're actually looking at it through the confines of the language that they speak. And in English language, a name is not used in the way that the Hebrews use it, so it's natural for a Westerner, a Westernized believer somebody who speaks English, somebody who's influenced by that Greek or Roman way of thinking to think that that is blasphemy. Mm -hmm. That is... I like how you, you explain <clears throat> Yeah, It's not true for them to think it's blasphemy because it is used in our system of thought as a label that identifies a particular person or a particular thing and differentiates it from another. And what so, most people don't realize is the Greco-Roman thought is the thought we use in Christianity today. Yes, Their yes. perspectives, and they are not in alignment with ancient Hebrew perspectives. So when they got a hold of the Bible, are the lens and perspective begin to change, which is why the power is different. Exactly. So now we've taken you back to the name, back to the ancient Hebrew perspective, and we're trying to help people understand that the Greco-Roman mm -hmm. perspective doesn't bring power. Exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. it, it varies, it varies. Isn't that... It varies in, in a big way. Hmm? Isn't the uh, Greco-Roman a hot... Uh, can you hear me? Yeah, honestly. Hello? Okay, good. Sorry. <laughs> Isn't the Greco-Roman um, lens basically a... Um, when you said individual we see, they see individual individuality, so that's how our language is or that kind of language is being um, spoken? Yes, definitely. It's okay. a, it's, it's a way that the language is structured. And for those of you who hear the term Greco-Roman for the first time, what that means is that our system of thinking or our process of reasoning, the way we see things, the way we interpret things, is actually 
influenced by the Greeks and the Romans and not through the ancient Hebrews. We the the the, uh, the Bible belongs to the ancient Hebrews, which is pretty much Middle Eastern, whilst we are influenced by the Greeks and the Romans and how they think. And these two cultures, <coughs> the Greco-Roman as well as the ancient Hebrews, these two cultures vary. They, they see things differently. They mm -hmm. understand things differently. They use different reference points for, um, for the development of concepts. And again, this is this is of no fault of the Westernized believer. You're just under. You have just been influenced by a, dif a different, a different culture, a different, right. um, a different people, so so to speak. Mm -hmm. All right. So it's natural for the Westernized Christian believer to hear somebody say, "I am God," and they say that's blasphemy, and they want to actually come come with come come at you with with pitchforks and flambos. But the for, the for the ancient Hebrews, um, the name is an appellation, just like Doctor Attorney, um, Doctor Attorney, Fireman, Police Officer, Soldier. These are appellations. Anybody can take on this appellation. So you have priests that will take on the appellation. You will see the priests will be speaking to Israel, and and, and the priests would say, "I am Yahweh." Which is translated in the Bible, I am the Lord. You see prophets saying, Thus says Yahweh. That's them taking on the name as their own, as an appellation. You see um, <coughs> Yeshua saying that I am not doing this. I am not doing I'm not doing this um of my own accord. I'm doing I'm doing this in my in my father's name. Mm -hmm. you, you see Peter saying it is faith in, in, in his name that has made this man whole. See, uh, Moses in particular speaks to the, is one of the characters in the Bible that actually shows how he is told by God to speak to the elders of Israel and see to, he, is, he is told by God to say, I am Yahweh. So Moses approaches them saying, I am Yahweh. You see, Melchizedek, who blesses Abraham, identifying himself as El, El, El Elyon, with El Elyon. And this is actually what you see in, in John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with, was with Elohim, and the word was Elohim. So you have Father who you are with, but that also means that you take on his appellation as your own, and therefore you are with him and him. Sorry, well, mm -hmm. you, you're with the Father, but you're also Elohim also. And that also reminds me of even how our understanding of the word witness is. In our culture, we think like more of representative, like or a witness in court, and we're testifying about something we've observed. Right, right. Right, right. We're in more of the ancient Hebrew perspective. Witness is, I am a witness because I am doing all the things of Yahweh. Exactly. I'm I functioning am. as. Yes, I am the person of Yahweh, mm -hmm. and therefore you see when you see me, you see, you the, see father. the father exactly, yes. and that is the form of witness. So um, again, I think that's why us diving into this is so imperative because 
we want the body of Christ to have power. We want to see, we want people to see the Lord. That's why we're on here. We want people to yeah. know that Jesus right. is the name, or that Jesus is Lord, is what I was meant to say. So definitely. So true. So true. So if so, you haven't listened to parts one and two, I do want to recommend you do that. Um, and you can go back and listen to that on Anointed Life on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, indeed. So so, so that's what he was actually speaking about last week. And mm -hmm. today, the person, the, what, what, what I want to actually spend some time on is, that, is the actual function. Okay, great. Hmm. All right. So let's just, let's say next 15 minutes on function here. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now the the whole of the name, not just like in our culture, when you have when when, when you take on the title attorney, fireman, doctor, these are these are appellations that these people take on, and mm -hmm. it and it is an undertone in our culture that these persons work with a particular logic. Yes. Right. You mm -hmm. you, you you do not go to an attorney and ask him how to stop the pain that you're feeling in your knee. No. You, <laughs> You find the person that has the appellation doctor for that mm -hmm. right. or, or nurse those are appellations um so if if you go to an attorney you know that he has legal a legal mindset a legal logic right. and <clears throat> his way of thinking is is formed by the law that he has studied you know that a fireman thinks according to the training that he has received Mm -hmm. You know that a doctor thinks through the medical knowledge that he has. Mm -hmm. and, in this, and in the same way, the person that takes on the name, and by the way, every, even though this is not taught in our culture, okay. every believer who believes in Jesus Christ, the only way that the Bible says that you can believe in Jesus Christ is by taking on his name as your own. So this it's is, not to confess with my mouth and believe in my heart. With the confessing with your mouth, the name is doing that. You confess with mm -hmm. your mouth, the Lord Jesus, as is written in the King James. Now, the other translations in particular, they took the liberty to translate it, to believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord. Right? But the King James translation actually has it, believe in your heart, so, sorry, to confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus. The other translation had it confessed to more that Jesus is Lord. So or once again, it's so as a uh, just like the doctor or the, it's a way you perceive and live life. What you see as exactly. Jesus. Exactly. You're walking this out in every aspect of your life there, as there, He is. There are two. Uh, actually, let me just give you three references. Not two, but okay. three references. Okay. Okay. Of of the of, of um that in the in the new testament one is that what i just mentioned there or oh, oh, not um holy sister courtney just actually identified it is romans 9. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so let's let me read that and the same thing this in likewise in romans 9 there is another verse in roman romans 9 that gives you context All right so that is let's see here Romans 
sorry, that's Romans 10. My bad. <laughs> Romans 10. So we read that is actually written in Romans 10 in verse 9. Right? If you read from verse 8, it says, But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth. Now that this aspect here is, is actually a quotation of Deuteronomy 30. Which we preach that if we shall confess with my, thy mouth, sorry, the word is nigh even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, mm -hmm. and thou and shalt believe in thine heart that God had risen from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Okay. How that is supposed to be read is you confess with your mouth the name. And when you take on the name as your own, you believe in your heart that God raised you in his name from the dead. We both were raised. Right. Yes. So when it says him, it's not because the first line says that you take on in, that you confess with your mouth the name, which is the Lord Jesus. Mm -hmm. The next line is supposed to be read him as you. Okay. Right. That's, so that's the first reference. If you scroll down, <coughs> um, it says, in verse 13, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That is a quotation of Genesis chapter 4, verse 26. Genesis 4, 26 actually speaks about, not, not, is it 26? I'll scroll down. Let's not let me put up Exodus by mistake. All right. Genesis 4, Genesis 4 26. Yes. That says, And to Seth, to him, also there was born a son, and he called his name Enosh. Then began men to call upon the name of the Lord. It's mm -hmm. the same. So the mm -hmm. call upon the name of the Lord here is actually defined by Genesis chapter 4, verse 26. This is the first mention of calling upon the name of the Lord. And in Genesis 4, 26, Enosh were, uh, were the, were, um, were, was, a, was, was a descendant of, of Seth mm -hmm. that these guys actually they took on the name of Yahweh as their own. And they walked on the earth as priests of Yahweh. Mm. The persons, the person in particular, for example, the persons that came and visited Abraham on um on the plains of Mamre, and Abraham identified them as the judge of all the earth and angels. These are right. actually identified in the Bible. It's not translated into the English, but in the Bible, they are called Enosh. They so are, not celestial beings. But in the context of your covenant, by virtue of covenant with God, they will be referred to as celestial beings. Just like by virtue of the new covenant, you are also referred to as a celestial being. So it's a it's spirit talk. <laughs> It's it's spirit it's it's covenantal verbiage, mm -hmm. right? Just like right now, because you 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 are in the new covenant, you are seated in heavenly places. Mm -hmm. You have been elevated and exalted to heavenly dignity. 
So in, in the covenantal verbiage, that's Yahweh, the judge of all the earth, and his assistant priests are angels. Outside of the covenant, these are three priests. If somebody's standing up and watching them, these are three priests. But the priest takes on the name of Yahweh as his own. Now, you see this in the, in, 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 in the Torah, by the way, because you see many times in the Torah where the priest is, is speaking as Yahweh, and he says, thus says Yahweh, and while he's speaking, he says, I am Yahweh. Right. 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 Mm -hmm. So this is the second reference. The third reference is John chapter 2. This is actually seen in the Amplified Bible. If you mm -hmm. look at John 2, the last verse, second to last and last verse, Amplified, it says, it says, but Jesus, that's now verse 23. Now, when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover feast, many believed in his name. Mm -hmm. and, in, and in square brackets, the Amplified in, includes identifying themselves with him. Mm -hmm. There's another reference in the New Testament where you see believing in the name, believing in Jesus means that you're believing in the name, in his name. And that is that you're taking on the name as your own and therefore you're identifying with him as him. Okay. Right? So this is New Covenant. So this is actually New Covenant references. And in the Old Covenant, you see there are many also other references where it actually shows you that to come, up, to come, before, the, to come before the Lord in the Old Testament was to come before the priests hey. who were actually functioning in God's name. Right? Mm -hmm. So it is, not, it is not something that is strange in the Bible. It's just something that the westernized Christian community was not educated on. Okay, okay, okay. And now they're being educated, so it's and good. That, that's why we're here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that, that, this is what we specialize in, in at the Institute, I, the, I, the, the identification of the philosophy of the ancient Hebrew language and the differentiation of that philosophy, that philosophy with the philosophy of the English language. Now, the person that takes on that name in the Old Covenant, much like the New Covenant, once you take on the name in the through the lens of the ancient Hebrews, you take on that appellation, you have to take on the function okay. of that name. Mm -hmm. right. And that function is translated into what we call in our westernized Christian community, not only the westernized Christian community, what we call in our Greco-Roman mindset a system of logic or a mindset. Right? Mm-hmm. What you call function, we translate it into our, into our culture, into our Greco-Roman system of, th of thinking as, as a logic or mindset. Mm -hmm. That means that whatever that name means becomes the priority of your, log of your system of logic. Now, here, here's how this works. What we call a system of logic is basically a process of reasoning. Mm -hmm. Now, what I'm about to say here, I, mean, I would encourage everybody listening to actually take note of this because this is actually this is actually based on research that is unique to the International Institute of Hematology. You will not find this in any book of psychology. You will not find this information on the internet. But it is actually founded or rediscovered through the lens of the ancient Hebrews that explain it 
And so we are now translating that information from their culture into this culture. Mm -hmm. And a logic according to the, the scriptures, according to the lens of the ancient Hebrews, it's a process of reasoning that is built on the foundation of what one makes a priority in their life. So if, for example, and how, and how that is actually established is that whatever you, you, you establish as your personal priority, the ancient Hebrews call that your Elohim, right. which is your God. You are using that as, your, as that which is most important to you and that which is now the authority over your way of thinking. Mm -hmm. Which means, for example... If your your priority in life is to pursue money, for example, not that making money is a problem, but if it becomes your priority and not a byproduct of a different identity, which is based on a different priority, then the Bible refers to it as something that is a, 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 a root of evil. Mm -hmm. So, so right. basically, it's it's the lens you see. Like, if the money, if that's yes, all right. you see, you you're walking. Like, if you walk in the store, all you're thinking is money. You're seeing money, not not the vision of money, but you're you're thinking of that. Yes, what can exactly. I do within this? Exactly. Yeah. So there's a, there's a big difference in the Bible between making money your priority, which is your pursuit in life, and making money through the name. That's a totally different thing. Because mm -hmm. in the context of the scriptures, God's name, his character, his logic is your priority. And through that lens, you make money. And that is considered good. In the, in, in, in the Bible, if you make money the priority, then you make money the cornerstone of your character right. and, your, and your logic. And that, it is what is, that is what is referred to as a root of all evil. So... <clears throat> Or even if that scripture use, that God says, thou shall not have any other gods before me. Yes. Yeah. Well referenced, well referenced. So in, in this context, um, a logic is actually built from, a, from, from, that, from anything that you make a priority. So if you make money a priority, for example, how you establish a process of reasoning is by measuring everything in life and everyone, uh, you measure them against... Um, whether or not the, the, the thing that you're interfacing with, the person that you're interfacing with, you, you create this process of reasoning by measuring them against that priority. And you measure them against that priority that, but by basically making decisions in favor of that priority. Mm. So if, for example, somebody tells you, hey, let's go to the park, <laughs> and just have a picnic um, and spend spend some time watching the birds, you will measure that against your priority and usually will indicate, well, no, I don't feel to go to the park because that is not making me any money. Right, right. Or somebody says, hey, let's, let's take a vacation. Instead of actually, instead of considering it, you measure it against your Priority, do I have enough money? Mm. If I don't have enough money, no, I can't go because I because I don't have money. 
So your priority becomes that. If you, see, if, if you meet someone, you measure them against that priority. Do they have money? If they don't have money, they have no value to you. If they have money, then they are of value to you. So the money also becomes your, your priority also becomes your, your bias. Now, in the context of scripture, when you come into the name, whatever the name means, Yahweh Elohim means self-existent and eternal one, and the one of authority and power. So you can see the self-existence and eternal authority and power. In the context of scripture, once you take on the name, you are supposed to give priority to being self-existent. Mm -hmm. That's your priority. And to be an authority, that's your priority. To be, to be powerful in authority. So here's how this works. To be self-existent means that you use your spirit or Yahweh's name, the Holy Spirit in you, because the Holy Spirit, the name of the Holy Spirit is Yahweh Elohim. It's the spirit of Yahweh. It's the spirit of Elohim. So therefore, the title of the spirit is Yahweh Elohim. So when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, to be holy means to be set apart and, they, and to be exclusive to God. And in the context of the ancient Hebrews, if the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you are now exclusive to God's name. That means to be self-existent means that you no longer use anything external of you as motivation or as um, or, or something that you react to. You, you see life only through what God says, mm -hmm. what he has spoken. Um, and you also use the name as your self-definition, as your identity, so that you never make decisions influenced by external factors. So it's or, always what, what Father sees, what Father's hearing, it, what his, like you said about his word, it's always in his lens what he sees about situations instead of taking on that like that when we talk about money that lens of money or taking on that lens of i can't or i'm not good enough or stuff like those lens right so then right? in that in that case according to scripture you will then be making money for his purpose not because you just want money right so if you take on the name, the purposes of the name, the objective and the vision of the name is actually the reason why you make money. Right? Uh, and so you the, the um, sorry, self-existence becomes your priority and authority becomes your priority, which mm -hmm. means that there's you are not you are not subject to anything external of yourself but the holy spirit and what that means is that you are not subject to the law if you are following the law then you're not functioning as, a, as as an authority in the name the law is an authority over you um if you if you're living by reference points of money financial stability academic accomplishments career your, your, your spouse, your family, the abundance of external reference points that you're using, if you're using any one of those things, you're not functioning as an authority, you are functioning 
as a victim, which is not the name. So when you come into the name, it actually begins, it actually places a demand on your function, which is that you that your logic must be according to the name, which means that your mindset must be a self-existent mindset that gives eternal life. And it is an authoritative mindset, which is translated in the New Testament as power. Mm. Okay. So your, your logic changes. And the reason why this is important is because when man fell outside of the garden, man began to use external things as his priority, as his wisdom. Now, in the context of scripture, whatever you're using, whatever, when, when God, when, when, when creation was, 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 um, was, was brought about, <coughs> the wisdom of the creation was, and this is actually how the ancient Hebrews understand this, is that the wisdom of the creation comes from the nature of the creation. Mm-hmm. And the nature of the creation is encoded in the breath or the spirit of that creation. Therefore, a lion has his wisdom in his nature, and his nature influences his way, his way of thinking. Therefore, the nature functions as the lion's wisdom. A tiger, his wisdom in his, is in his spirit. The nature of that animal is his wisdom that influences his logic and his mindset. So you see how different animals have different natures, and therefore their wisdom is different. Mm. In the same way, when God breathed the breath of life into the dust, according to the ancient Hebrews, the breath and God's name are one and the same. Therefore, that breath breathed into the dust meant that God's nature is in that breath. And that nature of that breath, which is, which is defined by God's name, is, is the man's wisdom. And that is actually supposed to determine how he thinks. Mm-hmm. He's supposed to think self-existently and eternal. He's supposed to think authoritatively and powerfully. But when man made his decision and found himself outside of the garden after being influenced by the serpent, the serpent actually influenced him to seek his wisdom externally, which, which was to eat of the tree to be wise, which meant that he abandons living from his own spirit, which is his own wisdom, and he's, he's actually looking for something externally as his wisdom. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. So, so when we come into mind renewal, mind renewal in the New Testament is actually what is called circumcision in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. And what circumcision was, which is why men in the Old Testament would actually have to physically circumcise, because when man made a decision to seek, when man made a decision to seek wisdom external of himself, he became the opposite of the name of the breath. Mm-hmm. He became codependent because you're using something external of you as your as your influence, as your motivator. <clears throat> he became temporal, which is why he began to die. Mm-hmm. Right? Which is why which is which is where eternal life is generated, by the way, because living self-existently means that you're living eternally, whereas living codependently means short lifespan. Because you're not using your own spirit, you're using another spirit. Right. 
you're living as a victim not an authoritative not not an authority and you're also living powerlessly when you came into the old covenant you were circumcised because when you took on that when man switched his function to be to be codependent and temporal victim-like and powerless god clothed him with animal skin circumcision meant the cutting off or the removal of that animal skin and coming back to the name that was given in the god which meant that you had to abandon your, your your way of thinking as well as the life that was built on that way of thinking and take on god's name and memorize the torah so that you can think like god you can that's think why according to the name. that's why so, romans 12 2 says that exactly and not that's, be conformed to this world but by be ye transported by the renewing of your mind paul that didn't you, paul did not make that up that is yeah. that is exactly what's what circumcision was in the old testament the physical circumcision was something that you did physically to reflect mm. your mental commitment to abandon all external sources of, of validation all external all external sources of wisdom and use god's word as your wisdom right now when a priest and the nation of israel came into the covenant they took on the name and that is what they were supposed to live from in the same way when you come into the new covenant you take on jesus's name as your own jesus's name is his father's name which is yahweh Elohim, and therefore you are now taking on the commitment in the new covenant to circumcise your mind which is what is paul refers to when paul speaks to gentiles he does not use covenantal verbiage he uses terms that they will understand because they did mm. not grow up in torah so he tells them that they need to renew their mind and renewal of your mind means that you are abandoning all external reference points of 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 logic all um external motivation motivational factors you're abandoning all external sources of wisdom and coming back to using the promises of god as your way of thinking and as peter puts it the promises of god because you're walking in god's name all of the promises of god in the bible a walk are actually an expression of god's name therefore since you are now born of god god's promises are actually defining your nature and so if you walk according to the promises you're walking according to the nature of the holy spirit in you and therefore you're now walking in divine logic divine function so taking on a name means that you have to renew your mind and come back to the mindset and the logic that the name defines for you so by walking by the promises as your reference point you now come back to self-existent logic because you're using the holy spirit as your only source of wisdom you are come back to eternal way of living which is self-existent logic by the, by by using the spirit as a reference point in you and not an external reference point you come back to living authoritatively and now you're actually walking a life of power Amazing. So that that function comes with that name. This is something that is unknown in our Westernized culture. So and it also we, takes time to walk in that, right? It, well, naturally, as you learn, once your mind, well, there's a there's a balance to that, and the balance is hmm. 
and I'm responding like this <laughs> specifically for believers. Because what we have been taught in our Westernized culture is that taking time to walk in that is spiritual growth. And that is not so in the Bible. Spiritual growth is not that in the Bible. This is a covenant, which means every believer, even though it is not taught in our Westernized culture, it is the responsibility of every believer to find out what that covenant is and what are the covenantal requirements. Mm. Coming into the covenant requirements is not spiritual growth. That's a decision. You are supposed to come into that covenant, make the commitment to that, <clears throat> and immediately assimilate that as your lifestyle. Cut off all other options. Cut off all other options. Well, take, take it on as a lifestyle. And how you do that is by making the life adjustments to accommodate that commitment. Right. As you as things come up, right? Like when you take on the covenant to get to live in the aspects of the name, things come up in your life that you have to cut off, right? No, not really. Two people could come into the covenant at the same time. Exactly. And one can make a decision that I reject all other voices, perspectives, lens that I've been taught and that I've understood while someone else can just kind of mix the two. The this one is, that's right. mixing is not going to exactly. see the They're same thing that the one time. that has completely decided to cut off all other options. See, the covenant of the contract okay. is, an, is an agreement. Mm -hmm. it's, like, mm -hmm. it's, like, it's like two, the three of us, we make an agreement here. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And when we make the agreement, we understand the agreement and immediately we keep that agreement. Yeah. I can't right? go, well, I don't think I'll pay my car payment this month. <laughs> right. Those, those are agreements. <laughs> right? You you do not grow into paying your car payment. I know. I've been paying it every Just month. Just do it. <laughs> you do it. It's a done deal. If you if you if you call the bank uh -huh. and say I am growing into your car payment, they yes. will repossess the car. They're gonna come pick it up. <laughs> And they won't want to hear anything I have to say about it. <laughs> right? So, and that, and that is your covenant. Your covenant Maybe. is that you understand what the covenant is and you agree and you, and you begin to take that one as your commitment. And how you do that is by making the corresponding life adjustments to match this agreement. Mm -hmm. Right? So, an example would be kind of um, say in, I don't know, relationships or something there's something that you had a reference point to or what you were seeing, you got to cut that off and start um, exactly forming yourself to the covenant of what God has uh, stated over your life that you agreed with God with and start to function in relationships towards what is in the covenant. Right. Yeah. Right. Nice. Okay. Now, once you understand that spiritual growth now is where you are increasing your knowledge of God amazing that is what spiritual growth is increasing knowledge of god so that you can walk out the name with more power so you you, you learn you learn more about the name you learn more about god so you can walk out that identity with more power but to actually come into the covenant means and the new testament and the new covenant is basically is very simple the new covenant is that that um that you come into the name as your covenantal identity you know just mm -hmm. as a covenant has a covenant has landlord and tenant those are covenantal identities right and the with, with regards to 
landlord and, 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 and tenant, when you come into that covenant, you take on that identity. If you go to court, the court does not acknowledge you as Tanya and Courtney. They, they, are, they acknowledge you as, will the landlord step forward, please? Will the tenant step forward, please? Because that's your mm -hmm. covenantal identity. In the yes, same way, in the new covenant, Yeshua is your covenantal identity. Right? And when you're coming to that covenantal identity, then you are now making the commitment to cut off all external sources of wisdom and make God's promises your only lens. That's a decision. You don't grow into that. That's a decision. Mm, when, when you make that decision, you are now walking in the garden by contract. You're walking in heaven by contract. Your spiritual growth is where you learn more about God so that you can actually walk out the identity with more confidence and with more power and with more knowledge of God's mind, his logic, the way his, his, um, his understanding of things like equity and integrity. These are things that you, that, 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 that you grow in, but your covenant is not something that you grow in. Mm. As I said, if you, if you make a, an agreement, a covenant with the bank for a loan and, it's, and you say you're supposed to pay every month, you don't call the bank and say, I am growing into paying this covenant. <laughs> Allow me to grow. <laughs> <laughs> right? So basically what I'm saying in, in, in conclusion here is that the, the name comes with a system of logic. And what that is, is that you're renewing, you are cutting off all external sources of wisdom and embracing self-existent identity, which is eternal identity, and authoritative logic, which is powerful, which is, which, is, um, which is living and walking in power. And you do that, you are supposed, by covenantal requirements, your new logic is to see life through God's promises, yeah. and not to be listening to any other voice. Mm -mm. That's a covenantal requirement. Unfortunately, because in our westernized culture, we are not taught that. So we think spiritual growth is where you learn or where you're learning to apply God's word in different places. No, sir. We have been misguided. And because of that, the westernized Christian community is powerless. Struggling. That's so good. They're struggling. They're struggling with mental health issues. Mm -hmm. Do you know that your covenant is the cure for mental health issues? Indeed. It is. Praise him. It Come is. on, praise him and praise him. <laughs> My hands are up. Amen. <laughs> right? Do you know that your covenant is your cure for physical it health? It is. Mm -hmm. it's it so, is. So you these are this is actually the name. The name is your cure for mental health issues. Your understanding of the name is your cure for physical health issues. Your understanding of the name is your is your gift from God. There's be, nothing that the to, name does not cover. It does not is nothing that the name does not understand. All things mm. came from the name, and the name is the answer to all things. But once you have name. once you have that name, there is never a conundrum that you meet that you do not know what to do. You guys got to be psyched up out there about this name. You, you know. The name, the name is your wisdom. It is. 
Mm-hmm. And, your, and that's your wisdom because all you need to do is to hold yourself responsible to self-existent logic mm-hmm. and authoritative logic and you will always know what to do. If we were in church, we would shout right there. Come on. <laughs> we would shout right there. <laughs> we Ra- raise him and praise him. Raise him and praise him. I'm trying to tell you. It's the highest frequency. I actually, I think I did a post yesterday because I was thinking about how the name is literally divine power and divine authority. And there is nothing higher. So whenever you're trying to use nothing against psychology and all that, because, you know, it has had its place, right? But we are actually presenting something to the world right now that answers all things. And there is nothing higher. So when you're choosing something outside of the name, you are making the decision to function at a lower um, I'll say frequency or lower power right. source. And yeah. you don't have to. You do not have to. I, I will be bold enough to assert that psychology is what is what you use when you do not know the name. Yeah. Well, now we have some self-existent psychology for you. So now yeah. we have self-existent <laughs> psychology, which is the psychology of the name. Come on, raise and them, this, praise them. This hmm. name is, if you guys check it out, Acts, the book of Acts, it actually walks out this name that we're talking about today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is where you see these guys walking out the name, solving yeah. problems through the logic of that name, mm-hmm. healing everyone, because most of most people, this is not taught in our Western culture, Jesus healed everyone because healing and life power is not a gift that you attain it's a system of logic yes that makes <laughs> makes the spirit of god in you the <laughs> priority and so by it's actually a divine way of thinking where you when you think self-existently you think authoritatively that's why we Be- have to renew our mind because this is not taught in our westernized christian culture we have Western and Christian believers that are using an abundance, a plethora of external reference points to try to, exp- to, ex- to, try to explain God, mm-hmm. to try to explain what it means, what love is, mm-hmm. to try to explain their identity. And all of them are sick and dying. They are struggling men- with mental health issues. They are pursuing yeah. emotional validation. Mm-hmm. All over social media talking about God loves you because they don't understand mm-hmm. the name. So, and, they, but what's, so they're pursuing comfort. And sorry, I right? can testify <laughs> that this testify. is in fact the truth. Hmm. As someone who had major, major uh, mental health issues, I was always seeking validation. Like everything you just mentioned, you were talking about me before I took on the name. Right. And now I literally go around telling people like, I don't deal with any of that stuff. <laughs> that you all are mentioning unless i make the decision to step outside of the name for the day (laughs) but (laughs) but as long as i'm functioning from the name i don't deal with that stuff and it's just amazing and i'm like you just want to run up to people and tell them oh my gosh have you heard about the name (laughs) it is so much peace to live there 24 7. it is 24 7. i do not have any i do not struggle with mental health issues me neither healing healing is just a thought away mm-hmm. um 
I don't I don't struggle with relationship issues. I always know what to do to 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 maintain synergy in my relationship. I can always diagnose my relationship issues. Yes. Mm-hmm. I I have diagnosed marriages for that actually have decades of length. And let's not get started on judgments and the helper. Come on, oh, somebody. Because okay. <laughs> that's like I love making judgments and the helper. Like that. <laughs> that is my favorite. Come and, on. And, and, and by the way, through that name, that name in the Bible is actually defined defines how the spiritual realm works. If you do not know the name, you do not know how the spiritual realm works. That's why you are struggling. And that's why we're doing this, you all. If you have missed parts one and two, kindly mm-hmm. go back to YouTube and watch those. And we also have, there's a couple more before this that were called The Garden and the Name you could check out. So we already have four videos you can go back. And now this one, this will be up whenever it, uh, I don't know how long it takes to get on YouTube. But you all, you have to make sure you check this out. They are gems yeah. in there. There are so, so much gems. So yeah. And so today, I would stop with function, logic, which is mindset. Because to move forward here, even for you to understand the name as and any further would for me to get would, would be for me to get into nature, which is the next component of the name. Don't that, miss it. That Don't the name defines. It. And so next week, what we will talk about is how the name defines the physics of your spirit, of your human energy. Mm-hmm. And it also defines the physics of the spiritual realm. It defines the physics of how all life works. All life energy and life force works. Mm-mm-mm. With that in particular, we have been able to make considerable strides that we have not even released to the public as yet. Mm. So next week we will we will step into that component. Name. After name, we speak about how it defines you as a species. Mm. After after defined species, it would we speak about how it defines your essence Ooh. in creation. And then after that, finally, we will we will defi- we'll actually show you how the name defines the, the realm Ooh, Jesus. that that mm-hmm. your spirit is. That is called heaven. The name defines how heaven works. Mm-hmm. And I just want to say to everyone who is listening and who will listen, heart open. Amen. Heart <laughs> open. Eyes be open. Like mm. I'm just like, cause this, it'll change your life. This changed my, this changed my As, life. This changed all of our lives at the institute. My God, <laughs> my As God. As the word says, those who have ears to hear, let them hear. Hearts be open, mm-hmm. ears be open. Mm-hmm. So we Amen. say it is so. Woo, glory. <laughs> raise them and praise them. <laughs> all right. So back, back to you, Courtney Antonia. Until well, next week. Thank you. <laughs> Amen. Well, Amen. I just want to say thank you all so much for listening to the Reboot Your Biblical yes. Perspective radio show with Tanya Wookie, Courtney King, and the producer of the show, Zane Pierre. Learn more about the name by joining our Facebook group, The Anointed Life Mindset Mentors, or visiting our website at internationalinstituteofpneumatology.com. Blessings and much love until next Tuesday, 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. <laughs> Bye, everybody.